0: I wanna start by saying thank you for coming here today. And your testimony and action had a big part to do with, with my healing. Um, I came across your Moms in Prayer booth at the right time in my life when I really needed to be led to prayer and to pray over my children. And you've always been so steadfast and disciplined and, um, walk with such conviction for everything you do to honor God. And I thought it was really important for people to hear your testimony and your oh, stories. Thanks. So if you feel comfortable sharing um, yeah. any of it that you've, you feel led to that could help somebody else, I mean, I would love to hear about it.
1: Well, thanks so much. I'm honored that you asked me to, to do this. Um, yeah, I was diagnosed with cancer when I was 12 and um, the Lord had in many ways been preparing me for that. Um, I remember praying specifically when I was in sixth grade that God would use me to see someone come to Christ. I remember lying awake at night, just feeling like something major was gonna happen. I actually felt like the Lord was preparing me to face death. And so when- um, In what ways did you see him prepare you for that? I would just lie awake at night uh, in my bed, just having these thoughts that God was preparing me for something bigger. I didn't know what it was, but I wanted to trust Him. Um, I just started having quiet times with the Lord when I was in fifth grade. And so going into sixth grade, my heart was really primed to, Lord, what do you want to do with me? And I wow. I really wanted to see others come to faith in, in the Lord as well. So um, of course, no twelve-year-old is expecting a, a cancer diagnosis. No, you know we'd prayed for um, a boy in my sixth-grade class that we we knew of who had leukemia and wow. was going through a bone marrow transplant. And so, in my mind, I had this perception of what people with cancer were like, and that and wasn't. What was he like? I never met him, but we just prayed for him oh, as a you class. Were praying for him. Yes. Okay. So um, when I found out that I had leukemia, um, immediately in my mind, you know, my grandfather passed away from cancer. Um, we would prayed for this boy and, you know, in our class um, that we knew of, you know, who was dealing with leukemia. And so I just had all these misconceptions about, you know, what it was to that I was... To have cancer. Yes.
0: Did you have any signs, like, or symptoms leading up to it? Did you feel yes. a certain
1: way? We were on vacation and I was bruising really easily. I was really tired and I had petechiae, which are the little purple dots under your skin. Okay. My mom was a medical technologist um, back in the day. And okay. so she knew there was something that was wrong. So okay. um, after some blood tests um, and her not taking the doctor's diagnosis of mono, um, they did more blood tests and showed that it was leukemia.
0: And then what, what happened once you Found out you had leukemia. What was next for you? At it was 12, at sixth
1: grade. The urgency of you know we were on vacation, immediately go back to to Memphis um, to be seen at St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. So oh, it was it a blessing. Was,
0: was the hospital where you lived?
1: Yes. Wow. So already seeing God's hand in that, and you know just processing that from the drive from where we were on vacation back back to Memphis. Um, we got there. It was dark. Um, I, in my mind, thought that I would just get a shot and I'd be going home, you know, had no idea that it would involve two and a half years of weekly chemo. um, Two and a half years. With extensive procedures, um, radiation, steroids. So, um, you know, the Lord was in control. Even when we got there, the doctor that i was told i would have had already been assigned to a different patient and we later found out the doctor that i had when we got there was the best in the world for my type of leukemia wow. and so seeing god's hand move in so many ways they wanted to do a bone marrow transplant for me because i had a really abnormal chromosome um, that put me at a high risk to relapse but after testing all my family members no one was a good match and so they just proceeded with the, the two and a half years of, of treatment.
0: And what was that like walking through that? Were you ever, did you ever feel discouraged or just disappointed or like, why
1: is this happening to me? Um, there were times, but at the beginning, the Lord gave me his peace about it mm-hmm. and brought me to the point where I was able to truly thank him for allowing me to have that because I saw the ways that it was drawing me closer to him. And what ways did it draw you closer to him? A much greater dependence on him, um, just growing and just my hunger for his word and what he was doing. Granted, it was very hard. Um, right. They didn't use anesthesia for all the procedures that they needed to do to, to check my spinal fluid and my bone marrow. And so I remember the point where I told my mom Next time they come at me with the needle for the spinal tap, I'm running the other direction. And she said, Margaret, if you decide to do that, you might as well not do any treatment because that's gonna be a key part of your getting better. Wow. And so I had to grow up really quickly. Yeah, I can Um, imagine. And so I realized later on just the repercussions of not really ever being a teenager. I had so many adult decisions that I faced. Um, Thankfully my parents didn't reveal all the details to me to that the you. doctors knew. But at the same time, you know, as the years went on, um, I did deal with depression for the first time in my life. Just the separation from my peers, the um, the friends that I made at the hospital that um, many of them didn't make it, but still the hope that I saw there um, was so encouraged just by the medical staff there, um, my church, my school, just the body of believers that surrounded our family and looked at us supported that time. you. Yes, that was huge.
0: How how were your your parents and your relationship with them through that?
1: It was excellent. Yes. they were very
0: supportive. Yes, and there for you. Yes, my
1: dad worked from home, and my mom had al- had always been at home with us, so they were able to come with me. And do um, you have any siblings? I do. Okay. Yes. So it was it was definitely hard for them.
0: How old are they?
1: Are they older, younger? Or? Um, my Sister is two years younger, and my brother is six years younger. Okay. Yeah, so when I first showed up at the hospital, my brother was five, you know, so after they'd hooked me up to an IV and done all this stuff and brought me out in a wheelchair, you know, he just started crying. And so your heart just breaks for the challenges that it presents to your family. And, and
0: did, it, did God use your, um, your battle with cancer at that age? how have your siblings been impacted? Have they been impacted in a way to be a, a testimony to other people or have you seen God's
1: hand there? I think so. Um, they're both very strong believers, welcoming the Lord. Um, their spouses and children you know, know about the Lord. You know, and many of them have given their lives to him as well. I just think about, so. you know, my little cousin, she was
0: born with hypoplastic left heart. So mm-hmm. her first open heart surgery was, I think she was three days old. Yes. And she had two brothers at the time. and yeah. And they've become very strong mm-hmm. because of, yeah. you know, at a young age yes. to support their families. Um, they really had to rally together and and become a a strong family unit. We had somebody else um, share their testimony about their daughter and same thing, it seems like either a family will fall apart or rally Mm -hmm. and come together stronger. Um, And I think a big part of that is having it God-centered and God-focused.
1: Yes, Yes. it was really hard for them as, as well because the spotlight was on me. People were asking how I was doing. And if they got sick, they were off to the grandparents' house, so I didn't get sick. And so they saw me receiving all these gifts and things. And so it was a hard dynamic. So I would say for anybody who's watching, you know, a loved one suffer, you know, and the focus is completely on them, you know, for others to come alongside and support the, the kid, other members. The other members yes, of the family, that might yes, be a way to help. Yes. Okay. So. Humor was a big part as well, and so really? it was, you know, they would constantly joke about the big C, you know. Oh, really?
0: <laughs> yes. Laughter you know? is good medicine. Yes, yes. Okay. So, coming out of that, you were in eighth grade when you were finished with your treatment?
1: I, um, I was finishing up. well, I was halfway through my ninth grade year. Okay. Yes. And... Um, So we had a huge celebration party. It was actually November. Really? Yes, yes, Um, November 1994. Okay. And um, such a huge celebration. My best friend at the time had started the same treatment plan that I had two weeks before me, but we finished our chemo on the same day.
0: Oh my goodness. And we
1: had, you know, the cake that said, the abbreviation for my leukemia was A-L-L. You know, so the cake said, all finished, you know, Aww. and so it was such a celebration, and we had a you know party with a lot of friends over. But um, a few days before Christmas, we found out that it had come back. Your, yes, and so I was so worn down from two and a half years of yeah. of the chemo and then all the other treatment that I'd had as well, that I was at a point where I I really came to the Lord you know, Lord, do you want me to, to try anything else? Because I was so at peace with um, Philippians 1, 21, for me to live as Christ, but to die is gain. So really seeking what He wanted me to do um, because I knew <laughs> in my human body that I was completely dependent on the Lord and that I was gonna be much better off if He took me home. So you were just kind of at the, the end there that, yes. you know,
0: because if it, it's my yeah.
1: time. Yeah. You surrendered it. Yes. But you were worn out. Because they told me that I only had twenty percent chance survival if I went with a bone marrow transplant. And so, um that was, you know, a key factor. Yeah, it was my choice at that point if I wanted to, to do were it you or not. Um I was fourteen.
0: So at fourteen years old you had to decide if you wanted to take a chance to live. Yes. That was twenty percent. But
1: God Answer that prayer.
0: And how did he uh, answer it?
1: <laughs> he gave me a complete piece about moving forward with it. Um, and so they started the search process for a bone marrow donor, and um, they found 20 donors in Germany, um, but none of them were a better match than my brother and sister, who were identical matches. But to you? Yeah, they were identical matches to each other. Okay. But a pretty bad match for me. Okay. And so um, the doctors were kind of divided. Half would have gone with unrelated, half would have gone with my siblings. So we decided to go with my sister. So my brother was praying fervently that she would not get sick so he didn't have to do it. Oh, no. (laughs) So
0: so it wasn't the best match, but they decided to try it. Yes. Okay. Yeah.
1: So during that time, um, I went into just intense chemo to get me back into remission. So. It was daily chemo with steroids that were three times stronger than the one that I had to take before. So I lost a lot of weight quickly and um, my doctor had prepared me for this, but I, was, I got to the point where I was bedridden. And um, at one point I lost so much weight that um, I just wasn't myself with the stress that was weighing on me because we were into February, Um, at that point there was still no sign of who my donor was gonna be. And um, I lost so much weight that um, I just started leaking spinal fluid from the area where they'd done so many procedures over the years. And so it was just at that point that um, the doctors were totally just searching through my records to see what they could do, because I, um, like I said, I just wasn't myself. And... um, In what ways were you not yourself? Just like... I wasn't aware of my surroundings. Because um, just the the levels of stress that I was dealing with, the, all the chemos I'd received over the years, um, the weight loss, you know, the the spinal leak. um, And it was really neat to see in hindsight they were searching for answers, but God was the one who would provide the answers. God brought me out of that period. The doctors had no clue what was going on, but through that, um, you know, it just increased our faith in the Lord, our dependence on Him, and what He had for us going forward in the months ahead.
0: Was there um, like a Bible verse or a, a- prayer or something that you kind of held on to for your life,
1: in your mind or in your heart? The passage that got me through my first round of treatment was Romans 8, 28. We know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. But then after the relapse, it was more um, a passage in Job, I think it's Job 13, 15, Though He slay me, yet will I trust Him, knowing that whatever He was going to allow, He was in control and I could trust Him in the midst of that. And then as I shared for me to to live as Christ, but to die as gain. So at 14, you could relate to Job? I could. I think um, I really related to Job and the sufferings that God allowed in his life without understanding why um, and learning that I could ask God why He was big enough to handle my questions, but I didn't have to have answers. How do you, so you just had that understanding of not needing
0: an answer and peace with that. Did you have peace with that? I did
1: because you can go crazy trying to figure out what's going on yeah, um, and having to think that you understand. But when you can know that God is in control and that he is at work and looking back at how he had worked because um, at this point, when they wanted to do a bone marrow transplant, they were farther advanced in their technologies. They were able to remove T-cells, which attack um, the yeah. bone marrow. And so kn- knowing that I had a, a better chance at a bone marrow transplant than I would have when they first brought me in and wanted to do that was encouraging. In like sixth grade, Exactly. Right? When they first... Yes. So, so, okay. Yeah. So it improved a lot for, over the those few years. There was only one other survivor um, for what I what I had with my leukemia and the chromosomal abnormality. Wow. And I, I remember seeing her in the lobby one day and um, just from a distance thinking that, you know, there's hope.
0: From seeing her?
1: Yes, yes. So um, I had my transplant on April 21st of 1995 and it was a huge celebration of God oh, bringing me to that point because you know just that time after I relapse was so much harder than anything i'd been through you know in my initial treatment but um so you as thought you like
0: had reached the end <laughs> and then it was your biggest kind of hurdle yes. was up ahead of yes. you
1: yeah just the extensive chemo that i had to prepare me for the transplant and then the days before the transplant they need to completely wipe out your immune system so it's a lot different now. We were guinea pigs back there with the amounts of chemo and radiation that we received. But, you know, the total body radiation, the four days of round-the-clock chemo um, to wipe everything out so that you'd be be prepared to receive the new bone marrow. And I'd even donate a bone marrow for myself in case my sisters didn't take. Okay. Um, So it was a huge celebration. And it's kind of like, People don't realize that for me, you know, they just pushed the numero marrow into my central line. Um, you know, it's not a major surgery or anything, but you're just waiting and praying. And did it, it took? It did start to graft, but um, in the process, we learned that I've been exposed to chickenpox. Um, one of the radiation te- technicians had come down with chickenpox. And so they put me in contagious isolation right away. And um, it was, again, God's hand because I didn't come down with chicken pox.
0: But
1: um, my lungs started hemorrhaging just from um, everything that had happened. And so being in contagious isolation already, that prevented me from further infections that I could have been exposed to. Um, It was your protection. Yes. I mean, it was always hard when I had to be in, in isolation because they come in with the yellow gowns, you know, and they can only be in your room for a certain amount of time. You know, my, my family couldn't sit in there with me. Um, so, so you were
0: you, completely
1: isolated. You feel very isolated. But um, the hemorrhaging just got worse where I was just a lot, lots of blood, losing lots of blood. And so they did um, a lung biopsy, which <laughs> again, didn't use anesthesia for that either. You know, to- and so it's, it, you know, it was, So many moments of just crying out to the Lord um, and seeking to trust Him in the midst of very challenging circumstances. You know, seeing how He'd brought us this far to have the transplant, to get to this point. And so they ended up um, sedating me and putting me on the ventilator for a week. Um, And so um, later I was able to thank the pharmacists and doctors that worked so hard when I was in ICU to keep me going because so many of my organs were shutting down, but God was so faithful and he brought me out of that. And it was just um, like a week before my birthday when I came off the ventilator and I was so ready to just go home. But <laughs> not yet, Margaret. Um, you know, So I ended up being in the hospital for seven and a half weeks. Um, but just the appreciation that I had for absolutely everything, you know, leaving the hospital, seeing the sky, seeing the birds in the air, the trees, you know, it just everything, everything has new meaning Wow. um, when you're just confined Mm -hmm. um, in that time and just such a thankful heart for what the Lord had done to bring you through. Yes, yes, in so many ways. And so it was a high point going home, but that was just the beginning of the journey. At that point, there weren't a lot of survivors, and so they didn't know how to help survivors. And so um, when my side effects began to build, um, beginning just one month after. What were your side effects? I was having just um, headaches, constant, intense headaches constantly. And it got to the point where my energy was so affected that I was just basically bedridden. Wow. And so we were just seeking answers on our own, you know, trusting the Lord in that regard. And so, were they able to how do, how are they able to help with your
0: with your your side effects and things?
1: Um, there were a lot of different headache medicines that I tried. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, my neurologist had migraines himself. And so he was very compassionate in that regard. So um, did, but, did you go through all of this and then you were like cancer free? I was cancer free. Um, and I thought, you know, that that would be the end of it, but it was in those periods that, you know, I, it was it was really hard because I thought I was gonna be getting better after that.
0: Where in- Like you had gone through years and years yes, of this and-
1: Where I just wasn't getting my energy back and I was in so much pain. And so, um, and then I was having other side effects of, um, the treatment that were posing themselves and just causing extreme pain. So um, the Lord brought us to a point where we found some things that really helped and got me back on my feet. But, um, you know, it had set me back in school. I'd had to do my ninth grade year twice and I am a go-getter. I- you are. <laughs> I did not want to be in the same grade as my sister. Oh wow. Um, you know, because they were encouraging me to wait an extra year, you know, before I went to college. But I'm like, mm, no, that's not going to happen. Um, you know, and so just seeing what I wanted to do with my life versus what my reality was, I found myself at times just wondering, Lord, why did you bring me through this? You know, because I see that this friend and this friend and this friend didn't make it. How did you choose to bring me. Did you have like a survivor's guilt you think at all or with it
0: ever? Because I've heard people say that they have struggled with, with
1: that feeling of well why did I survive? Yes and no. I felt like God brought me through it for a reason that he had a greater purpose. At the same time you know I still look at friends, parents that I you know I'm still in touch with and just their loss of their child, and how that affects them. But I know that God is in control, and we can trust that His ways are perfect, but doesn't always make it easy. Did you feel feel pressure to do something with your life, having survived? No. No. I was already motivated to do something with my life.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No pressure, you just were motivated. (laughs) So yes. what what were like your thoughts as a teenage girl like
1: to, to do? What were you motivated to do? I decided that I wanted to go into nursing to minister to the kids like my nurses had done for me. And then I took chemistry in high school and realized, that's not so bad. <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: me, I wanted to go into the medical field. And I was a biology major for a semester and I had to take my mom to the dermatologist Okay. Very <laughs> minimal procedure. They gave her a, a, like a little shot for numbing and a little tiny drop of blood came and the whole room went dark. Oh no. And all of a sudden I'm there holding her hand and I'm like the whole room just went dark <laughs> and they all rushed to me and like propped me up. <laughs> like, God did not give me a stomach or, or a heart for anything, yes. you know.
1: As it, I, I it, didn't have it before. I almost passed out, you know, when they had to initially draw so much blood. And then you got, obviously, tough. Yes, yes. I think Super all, tough. you know, all patients do. Um, it just comes for the territory. Yeah, yeah. You have to. But um, the Lord led me in different ways, you know. In college, I spent a lot of time working with... Um, with crew, Campus Crusade for Christ, and just felt God calling me into ministry. And so when I graduated from college, I started working with them, just wanting to share God's love and his message with college students. And so um, he brought me through, you know, different seasons of that. Mm -hmm. Um, We just closed that chapter did you Last meet your month. husband
0: doing campus We pursuit? did,
1: we did, yes. Very cool. So we were in that ministry for 16 years. Wow. And, um, you know, it was amazing to see, you know, how the Lord has, has used been. that in our lives and how he has um, brought others alongside of us that we can pour into as well. So did you end up doing ninth,
0: uh, a year with your sister in high school or no? You, no. <laughs> you <laughs> What I went to, I went you to are. summer school to make
1: fighter. it. <laughs> wow, that's awesome. That's awesome. She is one of my absolute best friends, though. Yeah. And, you know, during that, those times where I couldn't go out in public because my immune system was so compromised, mm-hmm. she was just, I don't know, just our friendship was just so meaningful. Really? Um, yes, yes. That's cool.
0: And you guys are still pretty close. Right? We
1: are, yes. So was that your only...
0: That let no, only. <laughs> How can I even say that? Have you have you had any? Because um, I know when we met, you were undergoing some procedures and things. Yes. Have you dealt with cancer since your?
1: Yes. You have. Yeah. Um, because we were the guinea pigs in the '90s with the treatment, and I have to remind myself um, that what they learned from us is benefiting those now. Kids now. Kids now. Adults really? now. Really. And so- I have a friend
0: whose son um, got diagnosed with leukemia, I think at five years old mm-hmm. and had to go through, yes. I think two or three years of, yes. of treatment. So, yes. so to it's say so much like what, what you went through would benefit him Definitely. is yes. pretty remarkable. Yes. So because you were guinea pigs, there's been- There's so. a lot
1: more side effects for, um, for us, you know, and things that we're to look out for. And so the hospital has done They have an amazing survivorship program now. St. Jude's? Yes.
0: Wow.
1: And um, they are learning so much to help the survivors now. And so they told me the things to be aware of. They brought me in for testing for these things. And um, I was just um, really rigorous in watching for breast cancer. Um, Was that something they warned you about? Yes. Um, Because of all the radiation that I received. And so, I was just praying, Lord, that this is something that's staying on the back of my mind. You know, we're testing every six months. You know, just monitoring for this. But I was just praying, Lord, if this is something that you have for me, will you let it happen soon so that I can just let uh, it and go? And how old
0: were you then?
1: Um, I think I was you never know, supposed to ask someone their age, but. <laughs> I'll say it was in 2014 okay. when I found out that I needed to be closely monitored. So this is like after you graduated from college, you are yes. married. Yes. And did
0: you have Isaac and Lottie at that point in
1: time? Um, we had Isaac. Okay. Yes. So and so you're just
0: kind of in a place, especially being a mom, where y- yes. you know, let it happen. Let me yes. get through this and yes, if
1: it's going to right. Mm-hmm because it's so different making those decisions about treatment when you have a family to take care of. Versus when your parents are your family, mm-hmm. you know, and they're your caregivers. Right. So um, we were doing the monitoring and um, in May of 2017, they saw something, did a biopsy and um, we caught things so early that... Um, Thank God. you know they're like, it's never going to come back. So um, I, I can see how the Lord answered my prayers in that way and just praying that He could use me to be a blessing during that time.
0: And you're such a blessing because I met you around <laughs> that time. Is that the time that you, it got put on your heart to
1: do Moms in Prayer? I've been working on having a Moms in Prayer group for the year before that um, and it just never got off the ground. And so when I met you at that table outside, I was so encouraged to hear that God had placed on your heart to be praying with a group of women. I mean,
0: I just was at a place of um, desperation.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yes. Um, I felt so lost and God really put it on my heart, mm-hmm. the power of prayer and yes. I never saw it before. Yes, I grew up you know, praying and it almost felt like looking back, like wishes, you Mm -hmm. know, and I think a lot of times it feels like I just like wishing like a birthday. You know what I mean? But to pray um, what you've taught me in the prayer group and Moms in Prayer has taught me to pray in accordance with the word of God and God's promises is um, is it's it's praying in covenant with with Mm -hmm. God, with God, right? Yeah. Um, and I would just love to talk more about the power of prayer mm-hmm. with you and, um, you know, if somebody is, is out there and going through something and, you know, for example, I have a family member that is going through a lot of health problems mm-hmm. and um, he said that he um, felt selfish to ask God for healing. Mm-hmm. Um, but God wants us to ask for it that, is. right? Yes. So um, just for anyone watching, and I know your story is so powerful, what could you say to them walking through it as far as prayer and, and the power of it and, and how, how to really just lean in on God? That's a big question. I know. (laughs) Should we unpack this like
1: little bits? It's like
0: a lot. Sorry.
1: Just say prayer is more powerful than we will ever know the side of heaven. God moves mightily through our prayers. Um, I'm leading a group of women at Bible Study Fellowship right now in the book of Acts. And we're just seeing how, um, as the Holy Spirit came on them at Pentecost, and then from that point on, you know, as believers, Receive Christ, the Holy Spirit came to dwell in them. The power that God gives us through the Holy Spirit living inside of us, we just can't imagine. And the fact that we can pray to the creator of the universe who hears and answers our prayers, he doesn't always answer in the ways that we want or expect, but his ways are good and we can rest knowing that he does hear and that he does answer. And so I'd say, um, just continually coming before the throne. You know, even in helping my own kids, you know, if they have scary dreams or things, you know, it's just encouraging them, just say the name of Jesus. There is so much power in his name that dispels the enemy. You know, and so um, I don't think it's about the words that we say, I think it's the attitude and posture of our heart um, and knowing and having that faith, you know, that God is mighty, that He's powerful. Did
0: you have moments where you may have had thoughts come in or the enemy tried to put thoughts in your mind where you had to choose faith over
1: fear? To this day, I'm human. (laughs) You didn't ask me more about all the times that I struggled, you know, during the years, because it wasn't a bed of roses. You know, it was very, very hard. And even, you know, celebrating, you know, my anniversary every year for my bone marrow transplant. At the same time, I'm dealing with the fact that I got so much radiation during that time that I wouldn't maybe have had to have the breast cancer if things had been different, but resting in who he is and bringing that to him in prayer, because there's things that we're gonna wrestle with for years, but bringing that to him in prayer. And not try to handle it on our Mm -hmm.
0: own. The struggle or the thoughts or the fear. Yes. Just laying it at His feet.
1: It's a daily surrendering to Him. And when we're tempted to pick it back up, you know. There's so much <laughs> temptation to pick it back up, right? You know, just being reminded that we are to cast all our cares upon Him because He cares for us. And that He, he tells us, in this world you will have troubles, but take heart, I have overcome the world. And there's so much power in knowing that we can give it to Him through the power of the Holy Spirit because I can't do that on my own, right, you know, right. um, but just the power of prayer and the, you know, the consistency, because it can take a lifetime of prayer um, waiting and trusting him, you know, and he refines us through that process. Well, Not always in ways that we want, <laughs> but he's at work. <laughs> well, thank you so much yes. for sharing your testimony.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's going to touch so many people's lives and you've touched my life in such a, a deep way. Um, I don't know where I'd be if, if, you had, if God hadn't used you to set up the Moms in Prayer group, and I wouldn't be here <laughs> doing this, so I really can't thank you enough for coming in and sharing your testimony with me. Thanks so much for asking me, <laughs> you're our great friend. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for joining us today to hear Margaret's testimony. Please comment any ways that this has impacted your life or any questions, and I look forward to being with you next time.